Uh, I have just a few um, announcements for you. Monday Night Impact. How many of you have been involved in, say, like the Beth Moore studies or the past study was Priscilla Shirer? All right. Raise your hands high. I know you're here. All right. Um, that study, the first study has been completed and starting March 6th, they're going to be doing a new series called The Armor of God. Uh, Priscilla Shirer is another DVD series teacher through Lifeway um, Ministries, which is the same ministry that Beth Moore Ministries are through. She's an amazing teacher. She's very powerful in the Word. And so though it's not a Beth Moore study, it still is the same kind of format, a DVD series with a workbook and table discussions, which I know ladies just really enjoy. And so I just wanted to let you know that you can register on the website, but if you've had some problems with the website, just know that the bugs are being tweaked because we um, they, they completely launched a brand new website church-wide, and so they are gradually getting to the bottom of why some of the links don't work. So if you've already tried to register and it didn't work, try again, because I think they fixed the problem so that you can register. Just so you know, you don't have to register, but it just gives us a better idea of how to set up for that um, Bible study. And it's always on Monday nights at 7 o'clock in the 180, starting March 6th. All right. Friday night is wild game night. All right, uh, anybody have their tickets yet? Okay, I was just told today's the last day. If you wanna go to the um, wild game night, it is this Friday. Um, how many of you have never been to a wild game night? Okay, you, it's an experience. I mean, can somebody tell me what the ticket costs? Because I forgot to ask. $7 this year, okay. But that includes a dinner or, uh, last year it was chili, I'm not sure. I, I, probably shouldn't say if I don't know. <laughs> but it's, and then there's a, a great um, program. Um, they've got a great speaker this year and the prizes are unbelievable. I'm sure you saw them in the in the concourse. But I, just to let you know, you can go to the workshop. Today's the last day to buy tickets. And it's some it's a family event. Bring the whole family. And it's also an outreach event. If you've got neighbors that one step foot in a church or family, this is a great place to bring them because they're going to hear the gospel on top of all the fun. All right, ladies. Um, for the next four weeks, we're going to be entering into our Living in the Secret Place study of Psalm 91. And I'm going to go ahead and begin right now. We're just going to flow right into it. So here's what I'd like to do. You guys are looking pretty good. If you are at a table of only two or three, would you find another table to join? Okay, because we're going to end our time of teaching with table discussions. And so I'm going to give you a minute to move, I know, or, or join one another here. Good. And now here's another question. If you are a table leader and you've been asked to do so, you'll know who you are. Would you please uh, raise your hand? And if you make sure that we have a table leader at every table. So these two gals, if you would go find a table that does not have a hand raised, go ahead. And leaders, keep your hand up. Thank you. Give us a minute here so we can shuffle around just a bit. All right. And um, if we don't have enough table leaders, I know you're all awesome women of God and know how to uh, yep, facilitate discussion. All right. Good. Uh, anybody else? Yeah. Nancy's here. Jan, did you find a spot? She had to go. Okay. Okay. Can can we join? Can we join this table over here, gals? Would that be okay? All right. Wonderful. All right. Because you know what? It's more fun when you have 
more people to discuss. All right. And so there's a few tables over here without leaders. I'm going to send some of our gals. Oh, we got one. Martha, so good to see you. All right, good. And Kathy's there. Good. Cindy's there. All right. Okay. Um, would one of you girls volunteer to be a leader? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So here's the deal. When we get done, one more table. All right. Do we have a table volunteer? Anybody feel comfortable doing it? All you have to do is just read questions and help facilitate discussion, okay? All right. Leaders rise. I saw that. Ladies, on your tables... Yeah, isn't that nice? You get to chat a little bit. Um, we'll do much, much more of that. On your tables, you're going to find the... Um, oh, here we go. We've got two more leaders that... Uh, raise your hand if a table does not have a leader. Did you guys get a leader? Cindy, yep, that's right. Right here? Okay. All right, very good. All right, I wanted to avoid the shuffle later, so we're just going to get into the word here. But on your tables, you're going to find living in the secret place... Um, discussion uh, worksheets here. And if you want to follow along, it basically is the outline of, of what we're going to be talking about. But let me just say what we've done is divided Psalm 91 into four sections. And we're going to team teach this. Um, and to, I'm going to do the introduction to the first three verses. So we're really going to want to take it verse by verse and chew it up real good, get all the nutrients out of it, get the truth out of it that truly sets us free. Because you know, ladies, we live in a dangerous world. I mean, we don't need to stick our head in the sand and pretend like everything is always okay. Um, there are terrorist attacks. Because of media, however, I think more than ever before in our history, we are much more aware of what's going on worldwide. I don't think it's all brand new. It's just that we've become much more aware. But it can, if we're not careful, it can strike fear in our hearts. And when I um, was praying about what we were going to be studying together, this is exactly what God showed me, that we need, as women of God, to be able to rise up in a world that is truly getting darker and darker. Uh, that is not to be a doomsdayer, that is not to be negative, but let's just keep our eyes open. You know, let's wake up, like the Spirit of God said this morning, and rise up with what God has already provided for us so that we can be victorious, even if the world is getting darker and darker. Don't expect things to get um, like the devil to stop working overtime in the world. He knows his time is short. Jesus is coming back, and the, the scriptures say that we are going to see the world getting darker. Isaiah 62 says, Darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but, everybody say, but... This is a good but. But the Lord shall arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. We are being called to be carriers of the glory of God in a very dark world, a darkening world, if you would say. And just so you know, I would encourage you to go ahead and get this book. Um, it's called... The Prayer of Protection, and it's written by Joseph Prince. I believe it's his latest book. And we're, we're basing um, a lot of the teaching right out of this book. You could follow us along. And what's really cool is that it comes with a study guide as well. And so we're going to study it together. This is kind of the manual, some of the truth. You know, I just I gave the book to the leaders and said, let's pray about what 
you feel God is going to flow through you with truth that truly sets us free. Ladies, my heart is for you. If you've ever dealt with a spirit of fear, you'll know what I'm talking about. But that our response to what's happening in the world would never be to shrink back and to say, oh my goodness, where can I hide? You know, I, the, it would appear that evil is greater than God. But we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But the devil wants to intimidate us into thinking just the opposite. And so my desire is for all of us to walk in greater authority that we already have because God wants us to rise up. And let me just say, through this study, I fully expect to see miracles. I believe in the miraculous. I used to deal with a very intimidating spirit of fear. It was my default setting and I didn't even know it. It was so normal for me to feel a gripping fear. There were certain triggers that um, the devil knew would work on me and it worked for a long time until one day, I believe the spirit of God just woke me up and it was like, what am I doing? I'm not even resisting the spirit of fear. We're to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil and he has to flee. Well, he didn't have to flee. I didn't even resist him. And so I began to, to learn how I needed to walk in the authority that is already mine because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what has he released to us? Power. Power. And his love, which drives out fear in a sound mind. Ladies, we need to be clear thinking in these days. We need to be so in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing so that, so that the works of darkness are exposed. And so I want to see us walking in greater, greater confidence. And I, when I say... Um, I expect a miraculous. I want to hear your stories. If you'll go to uh, women's ministry on the um, reslife.org website, look up women's ministry under the tab there. There is a place that says share your story. And so you can actually email that story when you get a miraculous um, rescue or you recognize something that has come as a result of you just really digging into the word and how God... Um, protection, his miraculous protection saved you. I'll share one. Um, my, our third son was about just a couple of months old. And when I put him to bed that night, he had a very high fever. And so we had been, you know, taking care of him. And he was, he was fine when I put him to bed. I probably gave him the, you know, the right kind of medicine. But in the middle of the night, I heard one little tiny sound that sounded like he was throwing up. And I mean, it was, it was barely audible, but I heard it. And I woke up out of a dead sleep. And the next thing I knew, I was standing next to his crib. And as I put my hand under his head and sat him up, he projectile vomited like across the crib. And it happened, I'm not exaggerating, it happened in a split second from the first to the... <laughs> the projectile vomiting, I was there. And I was busy taking care of my little baby and cleaning up and everything. And I came to bed and my husband says, is he all right? I said, he's fine. And God saved him because literally when I thought back on what had just happened, I had gone from my bed 
30 to 35 feet into his bedroom in a split second, and all I remember is flying through the air and my toes touching the ground maybe twice. I was kind of boing, boing there in a split second. It wasn't gag, gag, gag. It was, I was there. And I know he was laying on his back and he was so feverish that he wasn't moving. He was very, very sick at that moment. I say, thank God that for supernatural interventions, I'm just crazy enough to believe in it because I think we have a God who wants to do it if we'll release faith, faith for that. Now, you don't have to top that story. Anything that God has done that you recognize, because any kind of protection, anytime he puts us in the right place at the right time, you know, we want to give God the glory. So let's get started on our study here. We're going to start reading in Psalm 91. Yes. First three verses this week. I wrote them out at the top of your um, page there if you want to follow along. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. I love the lean, rely, and confidence. Say that, lean, rely, and confidence. You don't lean on something that is not reliable because it will let you down. You will fall, right? So we're going to build our confidence that God is faithful and you can lean on him. You can trust in him. He He is stable. He is fixed for you. He is not going to let you down. And the third verse says, for then or surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. All right, let's change that right off the bat here. he, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, I'm going to say she who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. All right, this is for you and this is for me. See, the secret place belongs to the Most High God. It is the secret place of the Most High God. I think of, um, as a kid, we always wanted to have a fort, but it was a secret. You know, we built this fort and only certain people knew where it was. And it's like God has built this place that is, he calls his secret place. But it's his place that he invites us into. And there's a direct result. It says that when we do that, you will remain stable and fixed stable and fixed. Those are solid words. Those are solid words. That is not how you feel when you're operating in fear or you're listening to the the voice of fear. It makes you feel unstable. It makes you feel powerless. It sometimes paralyzes us. That's what, what happened to me. I just felt completely and totally powerless. And so I was exalting the spirit of fear over the spirit of God. That was totally opposite. But see, I was deceived into believing that that was true. But there are so many voices out there. There's the news. There are blogs and vlogs and, and um, the internet and YouTube videos and media. And they're all peddling fear because that's news. You know, they don't, they don't report that, you know, 5,623 jets landed safely today. They... S- We'll report on the one or maybe two on a bad day of um, you know, uh, tragedies where people were killed in an accident. But see, 
the voices that we're listening to oftentimes affects what we're thinking on. And I like to say, listen to what you're listening to. If you're feeling a lot of fear, you're feeding your spirit something and it's coming out. Whatever is in your heart in abundance comes out of our mouth too. So you might hear things that will cause you to think, oh my gosh, I can't go anywhere. You know, I could walk into the grocery store and somebody could pull out a gun and start mowing people down. You know, I better just stay home. Um, my children aren't safe. You probably, I'm probably going to have a terrible accident. I'm probably going to get cancer just like everybody else I know. I'm not going to fulfill my destiny. We're going to lose everything. The economy is so bad, we're just never going to prosper. So whose voice are we listening to? The devil wants to feed that. Sometimes we get it from outside sources. But let's move on. Verse one says, he who dwells. Let's find out what that word means. The word dwell means to sit down, to remain, or to settle. Sit down, remain, or to settle. This is not a place that you run in and out of, this secret place. This is a place that you need to sit down, remain, and settle in. And I just like to think of just snuggling in with Almighty God because he's going to be on guard at all times on your behalf. So where do we dwell? In the secret place. Shh. I don't want to say it's a secret because it's open, available for everybody. The secret place is not an elite place just for the super duper Christians, you know, the ones that spend enough time in the word and so on and so on. Should we do all those things? Absolutely. But the secret place is a hidden place in Christ that where the enemy cannot find you. The enemy doesn't know this secret place. But as a born again believer, you enter that secret place. It is a place of safety. It's a place of peace and security because the blood of Jesus paid for every blessing of protection found in Psalm 91. And let me just say, all the promises of God ride on a foundation of grace. When you understand that what God has given us is so undeserved, but because of his great love for us, he offers every perfect and precious promise to you, then you will be in a position to receive it. But if you think you have to earn it, or you feel unworthy, or you carry around guilt and shame, the same guilt and shame that Jesus already took on our behalf, and then poured his blood and washed it away, and then said, it is finished, then you're going to be in a different position where you won't feel worthy to receive. So I want you to know all the precious promises of God right on grace. If you will receive it because he's giving it, because he loves you, not again, like has already been said, not based on our goodness, but because he is so good. And he loves us, sometimes despite us, I hate to say, but he's so good. He's just trying to get good things to you. So you get to receive everything that Psalm 91 says is ours. So, excuse me a minute, I'm going to cough. <coughs> <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. So that's part of our righteousness and our inheritance as, as a blood-bought child and daughter of the king. We get to receive that. And our righteousness, you know, Jesus became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's that in Christ Jesus again. We're going to go there more, more than once. Uh, he has made us righteous again based on his goodness. But that gives you the right 
to stand on every promise of God when you receive your righteous identity through him. There are four Hebrew names of God buried in the first two verses of Psalm 91. And I want to call them buried treasure, so we want to dig them out and see how that affects our understanding of what God is telling us in Psalm 91. The first two verses contain four Hebrew names of God that give us more in-depth insight into who God is and what he's promising to do for us. So it is so important to know who our God is. If we don't, you won't trust someone you don't know. So he's letting you know, this is who I am. You can lean on, rely on, and confidently trust in me. And so he says, each of these names has a divine attribute, and believing that God is who he says that he is will cause that attribute to flow into your life. What a wonderful thing. So we're reading... Here again in Psalm 91, he who dwells, and we're going to start inserting some of these truths as we uncover them. He who sits down and rests in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Most High, oh, I should read the second verse too. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God. The, if you're reading along in your own Bible, you might want to underline the word Most High. Most High is the Hebrew name, in the Hebrew name is actually El Elyon. Now, those of you who are as old as me and maybe a little older remember, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. What's the next part? El Elyon Adonai. So here's that El Elyon that we all learned when Amy Grant uh, went number one with that big hit back in 19... <coughs> I don't know, 70s maybe? <laughs> okay, all right. <clears throat> it's a good song. But anyways, the El Elyon means this, the possessor of heaven and earth. There is no one higher than him, and there was no one greater than him. He possesses the whole earth. Yes, the devil is the ruler of this world, but God is a possessor of the whole earth, and there is coming a day when he's gonna meet his end, and he will no longer be active and alive in this earth. But in the meantime, El Elyon is on the throne. When we read... Um, in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. There's another gem right there. The word Almighty, the name Almighty is El Shaddai that I just sang to you. And it means the all-sufficient one, one who provides more than enough. God's not stingy. Do you think he wants to provide more than enough protection for you? Absolutely. <laughs> One person. All right, Nancy. <laughs> but of course, he does. You know why he wants to do that? Because that's who he is. He can do nothing less than that because that's who he is. So he is not only the possessor of heaven and earth, he is now the all-sufficient one who provides more than enough. And then the next verse says, I will say of the Lord. Lord is another Hebrew name, and uh, it's Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. If God makes a promise... You can confidently trust that he is going to fulfill that promise. He is a covenant-keeping God. He cannot break a covenant because that's not who he is. Who he is is a covenant-keeping God, all right? And then it says, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God. You say, wait a minute, where's the fourth one? God. If you look in the Hebrew, God is the Hebrew name of Elohim, the God of power, the creator of heaven and earth. 
If he is the creator of heaven and earth and there is none greater than him, the God of power, do you think he can take good care of you? Yes, he can. So we're finding out this is our God. And if I were to insert these meanings and reread those verses, it would sound like this. He who sits down and rests in the secret place of the possessor of heaven and earth shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the all-sufficient one whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of my covenant-keeping God, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God of power and might. How powerful is that? Is that who God is to you? We need to start right there and thank God that he is that powerful. He is far above all principalities. He is far above the ruler of this earth. He is far above fear. And therefore we can say, you are my God. And I love the way the psalmist here says, I will say of my God, he is my refuge. He is my refuge, my refuge. Sometimes we think, oh, he's going to save everybody else, but he probably won't do it for me. But he says, he is my refuge, my fortress, my covenant-keeping God. Here's a question. <clears throat> Where is the secret place and how do we get there? <laughs> Say, I'm, I'm in, I want to go, but how do I get there? Can I tell you a little secret? If you are born again, you are already there. You're already there because here's what it is. Because you are in Christ. You are in Christ. Now, you know what? At the time the Psalms was written, Christ hadn't come. Christ hadn't redeemed. Christ was with them. God was with them, but not in them. The new covenant is that we now have the law written on our hearts and, the, uh, and our sins God will remember no more. But he is not only with us, he is in us. And that puts you in the secret place. So if I just demonstrate it very simply this way, this is, this is Christ, and this is you, tall and slender and very beautiful, all right? And you are born again, Christ in you, and now you are found in Christ. When the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. And you are already in the secret place. If you will stay in Christ, you will be in that stable and fixed place of constant security and his protection. And do bad things happen to good people? Yes. I can't explain everything. I'm not going to pretend to know but <clears throat> why that can happen. But I'll tell you right now, we can walk in greater and greater levels of protection as we begin to release more and more faith in who he is. Are we not all in different places in our growth than that? We can be really strong in believing for certain things and other things are harder for us to grasp. And so if this area of safety, you've experienced some trauma, you've experienced serious accidents or sickness or disease, it's not because you're not, you don't have enough faith. You know, let me just say, there's no condemnation here when bad things happen to, to believers. But I do think it's a growing thing. It's a growing thing. And it's, I believe the prayer of safety is something that we should, we should say every day. I really do. And be aware 
that the devil is out there. And it's not always, you know, like a direct act of the devil. People make choices. And then sometimes there's collateral damage. But there is a place of safety. So though I can't explain why sometimes things still happen, but God still rescues us from them all. And he is a covenant-keeping God. And so we ask God, show us how to stay in that secret place of your complete and total protection. So once you're born again, God sees you in Christ. But see, the devil, he's always trying to get you to do something, to get something that you've already got. So if you're kind of unsure, you know, I don't know if God's going to protect me and you're still a little bit fearful, uh, 1 John 4 says, then you are not yet perfected in his love. Okay, so if I'm still dealing with a spirit of fear, the answer to that is God reveal your love to me because love drives out fear. It replaces it. Love and fear, when you're completely 100% convinced of God's love for you, and that means that you don't question, well, I don't know if you're going to, keep me safe. I mean, somebody else got a miracle. Somebody else has a testimony, but I don't know if you'll do it for me. You're not convinced how much he loves you. You're still learning. You're still growing in that area. And again, no condemnation. But that is, that is something that I believe through our study of Psalm 91 that we're going to begin to grow in. Um, I need a volunteer. Somebody want to run. Quick. Jump. Come on up. <laughs> All right. I love this shadow analogy. Let's talk about what um, Psalm uh, verse 1 says. And your name is? Ashley. Ashley. Well, thanks for coming up. Um, I'm going to have you do something in a minute here. Uh, verse 1 tells us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, let's pretend I'm the Almighty, which I'm really not. But you find my shadow. Can you stand in my shadow? How close does she have to, has to get to me to be in my shadow? Pretty close, yeah. What if I move this way? Stay in my shadow. Let's go. Here we go. Are you in my shadow? Try it. <laughs> you move well, pretty fast. I move pretty fast, she said. Thanks, Ashley. So here's the, here's the point. If Yes, let's give her a hand. You're done. Thank you. You are released to be out of my shadow. <laughs> but God's inviting you into his shadow. Literally. Do you see it? Do you see it? How close do you have to be to be in God's shadow? Now, I don't think he's going to run around and try and lose you. Okay, that was just kind of a mean trick I did. Sorry. But, but that shadow is still part of my image, isn't it? Stay in the shadow of the Almighty. That's part of the secret place. It's an intimate place. And he invites us there. So get into the shadow and stay there, and it, you will remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. There's something about that word stable that just keeps going, oh, yes, stability in my life. Sometimes it feels like everything's rocking. The whole boat is flipping over. But no, we can remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Somebody also said the shadow on a hot day provides coolness and protection from the sun. So stay and remain in that place. 
The secret place is not an actual geographical location, okay? It's not like my fort that my brothers and sisters and I built. No, but it is spiritual intimacy with Jesus, staying in the shadow, staying close, staying connected, having a listening ear. The secret place is valuing your position in Christ and your close relationship with him and being found in that secret place in Christ. It's because of Jesus that we get to be in that secret place. So let's move on to verse two. The psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely and in him I confidently trust. Wow, it says, I will say. Let me hear you say that. I will say. I'm gonna ask you, what are you saying? Oh... We just got exposed to the flu, now everybody's gonna get it. Wow, is that what we want? But that's what we said. Words are very, very important. They are so important. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Proverbs 6, 2 says, you are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. See, whatever's in there in abundance comes out. And so what we really want to say is what the psalmist is saying. I will say, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him, I will trust. We don't want to be speaking words that don't agree with God's word. We need to stop agreeing with words of doom and gloom, of reports of economic disaster, and say, God, I'm looking to you as my provider. You know, even the children of Israel, before uh, Pharaoh released them, um, they were saved from plagues that finally convinced the Pharaoh you know, to, to let them go, let my people go, Moses kept saying. And even I think the most dramatic of all the plagues was the plague of darkness. And it says that um, the darkness was like a thick blanket over the eyes of, of the Egyptians, and they could not see. Even if a, a match was struck or a candle was lit, it was as if they couldn't see any light at all. They were in complete and total darkness. But there was one place where the light was shining, and it was in where, where the uh, children of Israel, they did not live directly in Egypt. They had their own settlement outside of Egypt, and there was the only light shining from heaven, and they were saved and spared from the plagues. Yes, there's a secret place for those of us, even though the world gets darker and the economy gets worse, and, uh, and, and things might be scarce and looking bad, there is a place that God wants us and to hide us and that we agree with the word of God that he provides everything that we need. And we need to break those family curses of sickness, draw a bloodline in the sand and declare it stops here in Jesus' name. Not to continue the, saying the things that we've always said that don't line up with faith in God's word. So let's say this. I want you to say, he is my refuge, he is refuge. and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. So the next time you're struck with fear, guess what you're going to say? You are my refuge and my fortress. My God, in you I trust. The word refuge there is a shelter from storms and danger. Kind of like a, a bomb shelter, if you say. But it's also a place of hope. And the word fortress there means a 
bigger kind of a, of a shelter, more like a castle or a stronghold. It's a place of defense and protection against a large-scale attack. So you can declare that, God, you are my protection in both the small and the large attacks. <laughs> There's a place where he provides for whatever evil or danger is out there. And you know, the safest place to be is staying in the secret place, staying in that shadow place. And it's a place that, of that intimacy where we can receive rest. So faith always speaks. We need to trust our, the word of God over our feelings, okay? 2 Corinthians 14 says, I believed and therefore I spoke. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and they obeyed him. He spoke to Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he was raised from the dead. God spoke words and created everything in the world that we live in today. So it's important that we speak and speak the things that line up with the truth of God's word. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on to verse three. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. All right, some of the other translations say surely, and I love that. Surely, that doesn't mean maybe. That means every once in a while. No, it means surely, with surety. You can count on it, for sure. <laughs> when we are sitting down and resting in the secret place, trusting that God is all of who he says he is, then the fruit of that is you will see that deliverance from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And he will do that absolutely. Absolutely is what this is saying. What's a fowler? <laughs> I thought that's a strange word to use. But think about it. This is before guns, all right? It's a psalmist. And, and so what a fowler is, apparently it was a profession back in the day. And it was a professional bird catcher. Okay, if you don't have a gun, you can't be like Duck Dynasty and shoot him out of the air, right? Out of the sky. So this was, this was a person who was professionally trained to trap birds and to catch them. And he would lay a trap, conceal it so the birds couldn't see it, and ambush unsuspecting birds. So um, doesn't that kind of sound like the devil? He likes to lie undercover and he likes to lay traps that we walk into, like an ambushing, an unsuspecting person. And he is a thief, a liar, a murderer who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what are we to do to counteract the traps and the ambushments and the, and the concealed uh, uh, things that the devil, the traps that he's trying to lay for us? Five powerful words I want you to remember. The battle is the Lord's. We allow God to fight that battle and we take our position, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord. And it's a long story, but Jehoshaphat believed in God when he was being attacked from all directions. The whole nation uh, laid themselves before God, and God gave him a plan. And this is what happened. When, that was, when the battle was ready to go, when the soldiers were ready to go, that what they told him was, stand still, 
and see the deliverance of the Lord who will fight your battle for you. And they put the worshipers out front and when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. And all they had to do was stay in the shadow of the Almighty and sing and worship and trust. And God went and fought the battle. And that day, they, that was a supernatural intervention by a God who is greater than the enemy. Amen? And so when we pray Psalm 91, we are saying, Lord Jesus, we can't protect ourselves, but you can. Fight my battle for me. And you know, Satan is a defeated enemy. He is a defeated enemy, so we have to keep him in his place because he keeps wanting to rear his ugly head and say, um, you have to be afraid of me. Roar, roar. Says he goes about like a roaring lion seeing who's gonna go, oh, I'm afraid. But you know what happens if he roars in your face and you're standing on the word of God in Psalm 91, you say, my God is my refuge. My God is my fortress. My God is more than enough for me. You have to flee because I am believing the word of God over the roar of the devil. And he's gonna roar at you in fear, but you don't have to respond in fear. We respond with the word of God. That's picking up your sword, ladies. That's defeating the enemy that wants to, to steer you into a direction of fear. One more thing before we get a chance to process together, ladies. King Solomon wrote, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, but time and chance happen to them all. That's a real interesting phrase. It says, time and chance happen to them all. Now, Actually, chance is not a very good um, rendering of that word in the Hebrew. It really means rather prayed opportunities or prayed happenings. All right, now here what we're doing is we're laying a foundation in prayer so that you are going to walk in that place of safety all day long. And so when we pray it, believe it, speak it, I will say, I believe, I'm releasing faith, um, it's like God's gonna send up uh, set up prayed opportunities for you, prayed happenings. And it really means right happenings so that you don't have to be afraid of the traps of the enemy because God is going before you and you've already laid the foundation in prayer and releasing faith. And so things like this begin to happen. We see in the story of Ruth and it says, she happened to come into the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Well, you can believe in coincidence, but that happening was something orchestrated by God because he was moving her toward her blessing of being uh, 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 the wife of, of Boaz who was going to provide for her. And then together, Ruth becomes part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so it was a very important union, but God did orchestrate that. He put Ruth at the right place at the right time. And see, this should eliminate the fear of sudden danger. Um, I... I spoke with a gal and she wanted to take a trip, but she was so afraid to get on that plane because she was going overseas. She was afraid she was going to walk in that airport and just be in the middle of a terrorist attack. And I said, you know, if, if God is not, if he's removing your peace and telling you danger, danger, don't go there, that's one thing. But if you're responding to fear, then you're letting fear dictate your actions here. So pray about it and see what he would say. And she said, I, I can see right now that God wants me to trust him in this and that we don't have to be worried about sudden danger and putting ourselves in harm's way when we believe that we're laying the foundation in prayer and God will orchestrate places for us. Like 
people who got stuck in a traffic jam and or missed the plane or something like that and God really rescued them from some kind of tragedy or something that they could have been involved in. They could have been minutes away between uh, them and death. So that w- this is believing that God is going to put you in the right place at the right time so we don't have to worry about sudden danger. And so now, ladies, I'm just going to reread that the first three verses of Psalm 91, and I'm going to insert all the truths and all the little definitions that we've talked about, and let's see what kind of uh, powerful truth that we can hang on today and release faith and receive. It says, she who sits down and rests in the intimate and safe secret place of the one high God shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of God Almighty, who blesses you with more than you can contain. I will say of the covenant-keeping God, he is my bomb shelter and my fortified castle, my God of all power. On him I will lean and rely, and in him I will confidently trust. Surely, without doubt, absolutely, he will deliver me from the hidden traps of the enemy and from any sickness or disease and put me at the right place at the right time and surround me with his protection. How's that sound? Something we want to walk in? Amen. It's powerful. It's powerful. So ladies, right now, I'm going to go ahead and release you to do, um, go ahead and and take the worksheet, discussion questions, and all I've done is um, included, don't be be intimidated, all right? There's two two full pages. If you don't get through, that's fine. Um, But what I've done is given you the, the answer. (laughs) <laughs> the first part is the material, all right? And the question, you can refer to um, the information that I'm providing for you for the answer. But what I really, this isn't right and wrong answers. What I really want you to do is share from your heart. What I really want you to do is um, ask questions if you have them. What I really want you to do is um, allow one another to just uh, process together And I think that's what women like to do anyway. So go ahead, leaders. uh, Make sure that everybody at your table knows names. And just have a great time in the next 20 minutes.